This is your host, Terry Noland, and this is your community. Come on in, grab a seat, and strap in. It's the second week of May. You can see the finish line. I know you can. You can see the finish line. In fact, if you get out of school in May, you've already flipped that calendar and you can see it. You're putting those big X's on those calendar boxes. Man, I just know it. I can feel it because I've been there. I've been the parent. I've been the educator. I've been the administrator. You are counting down the days. Now, before you completely wrap things up, I also want to get in here and have this moment, these few moments with you to talk about reframing, rethinking the way that we need to look at summer reading. And so that's what this podcast is all about. It's how literacy leaders resource our students to be vacation voyagers. Vacation voyagers. Isn't that a way better image than summer reading? Summer reading feels pretty heavy. Summer reading feels like you've given me another task to do. But vacation voyagers, I want to be a part of that. I'm all about reframing. I'm all about reframing, changing the story, making sure the story fits who we are as educators, as builders of knowledge, as as knowledge navigators, right? That's what I want to do in this podcast is reframe how we think about summer reading. Now, we all know the research. We've heard it. We see it in the marketing. We see it in materials that come our way. We see it on social media, summer slide, summer learning loss. Those things are real. The research is undeniable. And in fact, I'm going to corroborate that research, not with a scientific paper, but with that qualitative knowledge of that, that, that loss, that shift. I'm going to say the word shift because I like that word better with the students that I tutor. Last summer, it was a big summer in my family. My daughter got married. There were other activities going on. And so I didn't meet with my kids for two months last summer. I felt it. They felt it. When we got back to our regular tutoring schedule, I I could see it right away. And I knew I was going to have to backtrack and go over and refresh and and almost kind of re- integrate and and reacquaint them to our routines and what we were doing when it came to the explicit teaching of reading. And that took a little bit. It took quite a few times to get back in that routine. But once again, reframing, let's reframe real quick. We're not denying that this slip or this slide is happening, but I'm going to tell you there's a shift it's not so much that it's a loss that that we're just not fine-tuning that muscle. We're not keeping it active. We're not working it out every day. We're not diligent. We're not persistent. We're not intentional in working out that reading muscle during the summer. But what is happening, and this is from my parent perspective, what is happening is that learning shifts to something else. Learning shifts to uh, learning how to swim, learning shifts to being able to hang out with friends, have sleepovers, social interactions are happening, Um, learning to cook. I mean, learning to take care of my brother or my sister, 
we are shifting the learning. So the term learning law, summer slide, I get all wiggly in my seat when I hear those things. It's learning shifts that are happening, not denying the fact that that reading, that reading muscle, the muscle of reading needs to be built back up, right? We know some of that, that research that's out there. Some say that 25 to 30 percent of what was learned in the school year is diminished over the summer. That's big. That's really big. So we understand the importance of making sure that continuation of learning, of developing those reading skills are staying in place over the summer. Others have said that achievement scores decline by one to two months worth of school that you learned while you were in school. And over the summer, it declines by one or two months. Yeah, makes sense, right? We're not working out that muscle. We're not working out those reading processes. We're not working out our comprehension. We're not working those things out. But here's what I've got to say is once again, let's reframe, let's rethink summer reading. You know what? We've always called summer reading, summer reading. In fact, you can go to most districts and find their reading list, their summer reading list. How does that sound to you? Here, I'm going to give you a summer reading list. In my opinion, if somebody's handing that to me, I'm like, oh my goodness, look at this big long list of books that I've got to read over the summer. That seems insurmountable. How in the world am I going to get through all of this? It feels like homework. It feels like something big, something heavy. And I understand the commercialization of summer reading, you know, putting that big emphasis on it. I get it. But you know what? What if we reframed and thought about being vacation voyagers? Voyagers where our knowledge grows, our vocabulary grows, vocation, vocabulary voyagers. I mean, we could get real explicit there. So, the basis. We know what happens over the summer. The research is very clear. You see it when you come back in August and September. You realize, I mean, kids that knew the routines of how to walk down the hall, how to stay in a straight line, how to engage in those high school hallways, it's like it all went out the window that first week of school back in the fall. So you've got to retrain the brain, right? So we know the basis. We know uh, the research, it's all very clear to us. So let's get into, okay, well, then what do we do? You know what? I'm counting down the days. I am counting down the days. And when that bell rings on the very last day of school and I wave goodbye and I give my kids hugs as they leave that building, I am going to breathe a huge sigh of relief. Ah, let it all out. The time is mine now. Even though we know what you do over the summer. But what I'm trying to prep you with is let's think now about what we can do to equip our kids before that last bell rings. So many of you are doing this. So the rest of this podcast is about those thoughts, is about what we can do to equip right now and what you, the educator, can do to have an impact on being a, a vacation voyager. All right. 
So the first thing that really think of this more as it's not this, this list that I'm going to give you. It's more of a uh, C that, that everything else sits in. Okay. So the biggest thing that we have to think about, and this actually comes from a theory, a theory by Entwistle, Alexander and Olson's Olson, and they call this the faucet theory. Now, you may never have heard this theory. When I was researching about summer reading, I came across this theory and I was like, oh my goodness, yes, yes, and yes, this all makes so much sense. Faucet theory is basically all about access. So when that last bell rings on that last day, and when you wave goodbye and those kids get on the bus or get picked up by their parents, their families, you know the students that are going to have access those that have some access, those that have little access, those that have no access to words, to books, to reading. You know them. You can identify them. In fact, when they walk by you for that last goodbye, you can say in your mind which ones will and will not have access. It's the faucet. Some are going to just get little drips during the summer. Some's going to be full on, full blast. All the resources they can imagine, all of the access they can imagine. They could go to the library anytime they want. They can download anything. They could engage in conversations. And then there's other students that are just going to have the drips. And there's other students that the faucet is dry. They don't have access. So in this sea of thinking about being a vacation voyager, we also have to understand uh, the access that these kids have. But let's don't limit our brains to physical books. Let's don't limit our brains to just the uh, uh, you know hardback, hardcover things that we hope they have on their bookshelves at home, hope that they can get a ride to the library, hope they can engage in that way. We've also got to understand that literacy happens in so many ways. What can I do to equip my families with the access they do have or give them access to more? So I'm thinking explicitly of helping our families know and understand the importance of language having conversations with our kids. What about cooking? What about making dinner? What is the mac and cheese box? How do you, how, what do we need to do? Step one, step two, step three. What do we need to, we need to uh, get some water. We need to boil the noodles. We, you know, we need to get some butter and milk and how much even incorporate math guys. I'm not telling you anything you don't know. I'm just bringing it into your awareness that these are the things, depending upon the level of access that these families have, that we've got to equip them. We've got to equip them and tell them because, because some families don't even realize the importance of that single moment of making macaroni and cheese in the summer, what it can do to build literacy skills, to build language comprehension skills. Are they teaching the explicit skill of decoding? Probably not. Now, some may if their faucet is bigger and they understand and know, but listen, Let's bring it into their awareness, the importance of those moments, those moments of engaging and interacting. I can be a vacation voyager no matter how wide open or closed my faucet is.
I can be a vacation voyager in the conversations that we have, the TV programs we watch, the YouTube video, the print that I see on the sign, go into the store, whatever it is, language, 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 it matters. Let's be vacation voyagers and incorporate this at every moment. Let's resource our families to do this because as you know, when you say goodbye, those kids are no longer yours. They're yours in your heart, but they're definitely not yours in your classroom. So let's equip, let's resource. Okay, so we talked about that faucet theory, the access to content, just helping our families be aware and understand and know I can be a vacation voyager with any, the mail, the mail that comes. Let's be a vacation voyager and take a voyage into vocabulary words and let's talk about them. Let's read those things aloud. Let's integrate into our conversations. Okay. I also mentioned this before, but I kind of want to dive into this. And uh, there's another thing about summer reading. And, and I mentioned the summer reading list. I don't know about you, but I make lists a lot for work. And my list can quite literally be a page, two page long, two pages long. And you know what? In my brain, I know full well, I will not accomplish all of those things in a single day. I know it. And so there's this sense, there's this sense of pride when I check something off the list, but there is this also this sense of being defeated when every day, uh, you know, I flip the page and now a new list starts or go back. What can I cross off? I didn't get to it. I didn't get to it. I didn't get to it. I feel defeated. The list is too long. There's too much. List, list, list. And summer reading list. I love the fact that we're recommending titles to kids. I love it. But let's don't call them list. Let's call them uh, recommendations. Let's call them uh, books to highlight. The, the book, the book I love. Right. I I just want to reframe this idea of a summer reading list. It feels arduous. It feels heavy. And my mind always goes to kids that are less proficient in reading. And if you tell, give me a list of books, you better believe I'm not touching that. Let's reframe. Be a vacation voyager. I don't want to, I don't want to know that you read, you know, check the list, check the list, check the list, check the list. I want to know where did you go on your vacation voyage? Where'd you go? Did you get on a boat and 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 ride around the world and go back in time? Did you pack your bags and take a, a, a trip with um, the I Survived series? Where did you go? Where did you go? Guys, that simple little thing, we're reframing. We're reframing and thinking about how we can create excitement, enjoyment, go out and be a vacation voyager. Not only in books, but in words and language and the, the new words that can be consumed in my heart and in my head. And we talk about it as a family. Okay. The other thing that I want to highlight and bring to your attention is kids love competition. They love it. Now, listen, I've been at Learning Ally for 16 years. 
16 years. We've been doing some of our reading programs. Oh my goodness. I, I should have gone and, and dug up the research and the data on that, but my goodness, probably six, seven, eight years we've been doing some of our programs. And I do remember those very first conversations when we were considering doing some summer reading engagement and competitions. I was worried. I know kids that are less proficient in reading. I tutor them every week and I know how they feel about reading. And I thought to myself, are you kidding me? We're going to do a competition for kids that don't like to read. And, and I was nervous and I was worried, like, how is this going to look? And you know what? Thank goodness that kids proved me wrong. Thank goodness they proved me wrong. And they have proven me wrong in huge ways, like in millions of pages read type of ways, because we're giving them access to an audiobook access to a world of knowledge, access to being a vacation voyager, giving them access. And plus, if you're going to throw in a little competition and I can win a gift card, you better believe I'm getting on board. You better believe I'm getting on board. And so throwing in a little bit of competition for summer vacation voyaging, that can be a really fun and engaging thing. Okay, here's another one. During the summer is also this time to really highlight, really share, really emphasize. There's no test. There's no test on this. We've been testing all year. Do this assessment. Take that quiz. Here's the end of the course exam. Here, let's take your state assessment. There's no test on this stuff. The research is very clear about student choice. Student choice in what they read matters. It, it matters to me. I love self-help books. I love leadership books. I love self-help books. I love that type of book. But do, do not hand me a book on technology. Uh, I could care less. Don't hand me a book on, you know, ancient um, civilizations, I, unless there is some type of a cool story in there. Uh, I just, I, that doesn't interest me. Let me choose a book on leadership. Let me choose a book on self-help. Let me choose a book. And in this, this moment of these two to three months, kids, there's no test. There's no quiz. This is you. This is fun. This is where you get to choose your voyage. You are the captain of your ship here. Pick decide. Once again, we're sitting in the sea of access. Okay. Don't forget that's where we're sitting. So access matters. Access to these types of materials and books matter. And when there's, when that faucet is just a single drip, what can you do to resource your families? Uh, help them understand if there's a little local lending, uh, you know, the little libraries. So many of those happened over the pandemic. I love it. I love it. Share your books. Garage sales. I am an avid garage seller. I love garage sales. Do you know that at garage sales, especially lots of bargaining, lots of uh, bartering can happen at a garage sale. 
What can we do to get five cent books, 10 cent books? I'm a big, you know, a thrift store shopper, goodwill shopper. I love it. I mean, what can we do? It doesn't matter that the pages are dog-eared. It doesn't matter at all. You know what? Those are things we can equip our families to just let's get books in front of us and let it be about things that kids want to read. Let them choose. I felt so rich as a little kid because I get my avid desire to do garage sales from my mom. And I do remember that when we would go, she she had a really good friend and then her friend had a son and he and I were in the same class. And so we would always get drug along to the garage sales. And it was so cool because each of us probably got, I don't even know, 50 cents a piece, whatever it was. And, and we got to go and spend that 50 cents on whatever we wanted. Now, I can't remember anything I bought, but I know it wasn't books and not, not dogging my mom at all, but she didn't direct me to books. She didn't say, here's 50 cents. You got to use these on books. You know, I mean, here I am getting really discreet, but it's why it's so important to get really discreet and helping our families understand because we want you to take a voyage. We want vocabulary. We want to create word feasts, not famines. And what's happening in our summers is we're creating word famines. We need to create word feast. Okay, so I've given you all of these kind of thoughts and ideas and kind of helping us to reframe the way that we think here. And one of the things that that happens at Learning Ally, and I got to make people aware of it because it's like we hit on all of these things I just talked about, and it is our summer program. We always look at what the National Library Service is doing with their theme. This year's theme is Oceans of Possibility. How cool, Oceans of Possibility. Like you could go so many places with that. You could read books about oceans. You could read books about ocean animals. You could, I mean, oceans of possibility. This is like even, you know, what I want to be when I grow up. It's just endless. And we do these things. We don't create these big, long lists. We create book recommendations. The audiobook app that we have, students can choose from a library of thousands of human narrated audiobooks. They get to choose. There's this little button in our app called Add Books. They get to choose. And we tie a competition to it. We give away gift cards and we have a social media contest and so much happening because we want you to be a reader while you're laying outside next to the pool. We want you to be a reader while you're mowing the lawn. We want you to be a reader while you're, you know, holding tight under your covers in the dark of night during the summer when you get to stay up late. That's what it means to be a vacation voyager. I hope some of these things have been helpful. I, Like I said, I don't think these are things that you haven't thought of before. What I wanted to do was to re-emphasize the importance of bringing this into your awareness so that you can bring it into the awareness of your parents. Because when that bell rings, those kids are no longer yours. They're no longer yours. 
You can do what you can right now. Resource your families, educate your families, get them what they need. Try to try to open up that faucet for the kids that you know that don't have a lot of access. What can we do? And once again, I just got to bring up, that's the beauty of the human read audiobook solution from Learning Ally, is that once your school has that, that's year round, that's summers, that's nights, that's weekends, that's books that are getting into their, their hearts and their heads. Those are stories that take them on those vacation voyages. All right. Literacy leaders, you go, go out there. You commandeer the message. You take it and you spread it to your families and you excite your kids around it. If you aren't an audiobook user, you got to check out Learning Ally at learningally.org. We're going to help you out. Okay, go out there and take your own vacation voyage. Thank you for going on the journey today. Thank you for being present. Thank you for continuing to grow and learn. If we are going to make an impact on education, Create significance in the lives of our students. We need you. If you want to learn more about Learning Ally, visit us at learningally.org and be a part of a transformational community.